This is the Educational Triage Podcast. Welcome. We invite you to come along with us on an exploration of interviews, issues, and other exciting and relevant topics in education, especially alternative education. They say alternative education is a laboratory for mainstream education. Why? Well, join us every week and listen in as Christy Goodell, Hello. Philip Summers, Aloha. and I, Tony Hunt, jump in feet first to discuss issues that may affect our classes, students, communities, as well as our teaching. Please subscribe if you enjoy and find relevance in what you experience here. And if you haven't left a quick review, please do. We appreciate your candor and insights so we can improve as we move forward. Now, let's see what's on board today. And welcome back to Educational Triage. I'm Tony, and I am joined this evening, or today, with Philip Summers. Aloha. Hey, Philip. Christy couldn't make it today, but we have been on a bit of a break. Um, as some of you may have noticed, and the reason for that was because I had a, I'll just say I had a medical event, um, on the last day of July, and I have been home now for approximately three weeks, and today was my last day of physical therapy, and, um, I still have more that I need to go through, uh, but everything looks like it's in the clear and my health is returning so you're starting is, the rodeo soon yeah well i <laughs> felt oh you have no idea i felt like to... i'd been in a rodeo um <laughs> yeah, I, bet you did, yeah. I still have aches and pains um <laughs> from from the 30th but um yeah so uh, if my voice sounds different, I know that in last week's podcast, my intro and my pro my my intro and my epilogue voice are much weaker. <clears throat> and that had something to do with an intubation tube going down my throat and for several days. Um, anyway, and it was non-COVID related. So it was not at a rodeo. No. I was not in a rodeo. No, no, no. Um, anyway, so on to real life and back to real life. Um, this week, we thought it would be really good to start exploring at the beginning of the year. And welcome back to all those teachers who made it back this year. Um, hopefully you are well rested and you're able to take deep breaths and... Uh, know that you have probably fewer than 173 days of work left until the next <laughs> summer break. Um, and those are work days. You get those sundown down calendars started out now. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So anyway, so we thought that we would do a survival kind of thing. And what kinds of, what kinds of, in because in alternative ed, we're able to do a lot more and we're a little bit more flexible. And so what are some of the skills that students should leave school with? And, you know, this could even work for a regular school. Um, 
And these are things that maybe you're going to do seminars with. Maybe you do a Friday seminar or Friday learning. There was one program I was with. And if you had perfect attendance and if your grades were up and you were passing everything, you got to take Monday off and Monday was a half day. And you came in at about 11 o'clock on Monday, you got your lunch, and then you had some classes where you, um, or maybe I'm trying to remember. No, you came in at nine o'clock and you were there until lunch and then you got your lunch and then you could leave. And the rest of the day was just for teachers and meetings and everything like that. But what we did was we did basic skills and we did some um, classes of interest. So we worked on remedial things like telling time. We worked on how to use a ruler and do measurements. And for some of you who think that's pretty lame, those are basic skills that a lot of students don't have and things that a lot of us take for granted. But there were also some other things that they could do, and they could sign up for those. And some kids would take the same ones over and over again just to hone up on their skills, and it really did help them. So uh, these are not quite that. Um, we're not going to say how to read a digital or analog clock, because if they can't read a digital clock, then I think we're into some other kinds of issues. But um, maybe not. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm in the wrong. But let's start looking at some things that students really should need to know that will help them out throughout their lives. And so, Philip, um, what would be the first one on your list that you came up with um, that well, you believe that students should be able to? Note-taking. 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 Yes, note-taking. Note-taking. <laughs> note yes, I, I so, more than one seminar in an afternoon. But yeah, I worked with the kids a lot to get them to, to write, just correct notes, just organize notes in their own way. So how do you do that? I mean, what's the most, I, I have my own methods of, of having kids take notes, but I'm just going to go with yours. What is the best way that you think, um, or what is your method for teaching kids how to take notes? Well, first thing I do is, um, I make it an overall skill kind of thing in the class. So if we're, if we're learning something, who cares? Shakespeare, you know, U.S. history doesn't matter. You know, we talk about a certain topic and then I say, okay, now we're going to take notes on this. Um, and then I'll walk them through how those notes go, you know, and I'll kind of organize my notes on the board the way I do things and what I want to see in your notes. And um, then I let them kind of see, I, I see what they first come up with and, then I know what I've got to work with. But yeah, it's generally not a skill a lot of kids have. Um, no, because a lot of them want to write down every word that you say. Or they don't want to write down hardly anything. Mm -hmm. And that's even worse. It's like, wow, you just didn't get anything written. So that's just your memory. That's not going to work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I what What I found helps me is... If it's written on the board, I prep myself by writing those things down on my paper. And then when the instructor begins to speak, I start listening for those. And then I start, I, I just fly through. I have my own abbreviations. Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, I remember somebody came to me and they said, I can't read your abbreviations. 
<laughs> and I said, that's okay. And they said, no, I need to know what, oh, it was in my class notes because I had my administrator saying, I need you to write these out completely. And I said, I don't have time for that. I already wrote them. They said, you have too many abbreviations in here that I don't know. And I said, it's not for you. It's yeah. for me to refer to, to work with the kids. So just know, and I can read them out to you. And they They're said, yours. no, I want you to write them out. And I said, I don't have time for that. Um, yeah, but, that's why I don't put the kids through that either. I give them, we get a lot of the organizational skills up mm -hmm. front, and then I see what they do with it. And then I work with the kid because I don't want to make them do it my way. You know, there's certain ways you do it, certain ways you don't. Unless I have to really install a structure onto the kid, I kind of mm -hmm. let them find it on their own. Like they get right. to invent it. Yeah. So, and then I'll look at it and say, I'll actually have them turn in their notes, say, on Thursday. And then mm -hmm. by Friday, we'll come back and we'll, we'll go look at notes. I'll say, okay, I noticed some of you had this, some of you didn't have that. You know that mm -hmm. sort of thing, and we go through. It, it usually get pretty good results. Um, mm -hmm. They're college ready. Mm -hmm. I think they're college ready, and that's always been my standard. You know what? What kind of kid can walk into a you know a community college classroom, you know a one hundred and one class, and start doing it? You know, can they do that? Are they right. Go, or, oh my God! <laughs> are they going to get in there? And I don't want them to be able to get in there. Right, or even if it's a labor skills class, because they're going to have to refer to those later on anyway. Yeah, even if it's trade, yeah. Right, right, exactly. So the college um, ready is pretty much universal that way. So once you get that high school diploma and you're college ready, you know, you can go into vocational, you can go anywhere you want, but you can go to college too, so it all works. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I always write my stuff out in abbreviations, mm -hmm. and... When I'm finished, then I take it home or I go to a cafe or something mm -hmm. and then I handwrite it out or I type it out. And so oh. I and so I type everything out. So I leave parts. I leave out the short words. So it's in kind of a shorthand. Yeah. yeah. Because I'm going so quickly and I'm trying to get everything. But that also reinforces it. So now I've written it out so that I can follow it. Ah, and then the okay. next day I can go over it okay. and I can start highlighting it because I'll print those pages out. I would just do it. I do, I do it by hand and mm -hmm. I tell my students they have to do it by hand unless mm -hmm. their, their handwriting is atrocious. <laughs> but it's only because I think that if they do it, take original notes on keyboard, it, they can actually kind of go kind of unconscious by typing skills and get that stuff right. all out there. And they don't really hear it. They just get dictated to them. And so what I want them to do is write it out, and that causes them to shorthand it in a way like you were talking about. Right, and it uses a different yeah. part of the brain. It, it certainly does, yeah. It's, and not all the kids have that skill. And I don't want them getting too many notes. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I was, I was pretty good at organization. They actually paid me to take notes and give to special education. Oh, so when wow. I was in college, yeah, I got like, I think it was like, two dollars a page and i just go to the class and i go down and write nice. my notes and hand it to my classmate yeah but she could nice. read it and i used a little medical notation like complains of or i can't mm -hmm. remember but I, I had some certain medical notations from being a paramedic but otherwise it was just kind of straightforward but not formal sentences never mm -hmm. you know, this is a point that's a point time time you know and sometimes i would put diagrams in and if it was written 
I tend to say, okay, that's written on the board. That's what the prop wants me to get. So I'll get that first. Yeah, there were there there was somebody. Well, there wasn't somebody. There were some people who are paid to take notes in some of the bigger and more popular classes on our campus at University mm. of Washington. So you could go to the student, well, you could go to, in the student union building, you could go up and you could ask for the um, class notes and you'd tell yeah. them specifically which class and they would hand them to you and it would cost you maybe a buck, a buck fifty, something like that. But this is back. This is back in the uh, wagon train days. Yeah, um, this is. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. This is before the, yeah. the full computer takeover of all of it. But, but you know, there was something that was really lacking, and it was really hard to work with those notes because you would have to get around to reading them, and then you would have to put everything together. It's not the same thing. Now, so, I just gave my notes to this one classmate. And mm-hmm. they paid me to do it. I, I can't recall how it got arranged. I think she goes, take good notes. And I went, oh, thanks. And she went, can I have them kind of thing? And she said, they want me to, to you know, have someone do these. <laughs> and I can read yours and they'll pay you. And I went, pay me? I'll, I'll take any kind of money I can. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. We're going to move on to the next one. And this one's mine. And I'm going to say how to change a tire. Oh, whoa, that's really important. Yeah, you're right on that how do we teach? I mean, that's a survival skill, definitely. I mean, everybody should be able to change a tire. Yeah, if they want. Yeah, if they want to be in charge of their destiny. <laughs> well, in a sense, because your cell phone's not always going to work. You're not always going to have reception. Correct. Yeah. And in the middle of the night, on a lone, scary, dark road, um, yeah. you're going to have to figure that part out. So yeah, that's, a, that's a good skill to have. There's it a lot really of people that have not an idea. It really is. And I'll tell you, even if you call somebody to do it for you, it could cost you a couple of hundred bucks mm-hmm. unless you have AAA <laughs> or unless, you know, or if unless you have some other um, car companies now, they have their own thing like Kia Hyundai has it for five years where somebody will come out. And they will do automatic roadside assist. Um, some of the other companies might do it, but you have to pay an extra fee for that. Yeah. So, and then after that five years, and it, most most of our students drive used cars. So, yeah, that's that know. skill you want in your twenties. I went through those lean years. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got to be able to do it. I remember back in the 80s, I was visiting friends and some yank had put, um, they had put bottles down right next to the curb and I didn't see them. And I was, I was living in San Francisco and I was trying to park in downtown San Francisco Mm. and I did not see those bottles right there. So I drove right into them and it just completely slashed my tire. And it was... A very dark night, pouring rain. And so I backed my car out to get it away from the glass, turned on my flashers and changed my tire and drove home. And I was just soaking wet, but I had my you tire were changed. You were sitting I was in the home. car wondering what you were going to do about it. Right. And there were no cell phones back then. I recall there wasn't, there was an age kids back then. There weren't always those cell phones. Exactly. We are of the generation that we started out with no computers. 
card catalogs yes. in the library people card catalogs. that's right <laughs> i loved card catalogs they were so much easier for me i was um, at the university and i went to my grad program at a smaller college and they had installed a computer system so i went looking for so now we have card catalog and i'm like wow this is interesting <laughs> <laughs> okay number three yours oh oh geez uh, well, I like to teach the kids how to take a break. Um, what do you mean by that? Things. Well, sometimes, as as you're aware, <clears throat> some of our students get a little bit emotional. Actually, a lot of emotional. And there mm -hmm. are breakdowns. And mm -hmm. there are what we, as adults, have learned to not do in public. <laughs> they mm -hmm. are not able to curb from doing in public. And so we'll see these meltdowns, and kids under intense pressure to perform, or right. in any kid, even you know, in a family problem, or even a girlfriend, boyfriend. Right. Anyway, to teach them how to just kind of deal with that, to sort of separate. bring it down, separate it down, bring it down, prioritize. Okay, what is it really you're, you're experiencing? You know, what what is that deadline? A lot of times it was academic. I, and I didn't really want to get involved in any relationships. But it was right. like, okay, what does the teacher want from you? And how fast can you do the three most important things? You know, that sort of thing. You know, and, and let's just talk about how maybe we can handle it. So as you know, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? You know, mm -hmm. teach the kids, okay, let's just reduce this to one thing after another. <laughs> okay, know, so you're talking too. So in some ways you're talking about chunking. Well, I'm talking about just managing your psyche. Um, right. I used to use a I used to use a lot of um, kind of meditative techniques. I would have, like when things got really hairy to have the, have, I'd have the class, like we'd sort of stop short of the end of the period. And then mm -hmm. we'd go outside and we'd sort of, this is really interesting. We'd like um, sometimes look at patches of grass and see what we could find. I mean, just meditate looking at like a square foot of grass, um, things like that, just calm them down and get them to focus on the here and now. And then we go back in and do it again. That sort of thing. So modeling experiences. In yeah, order to you get know, them how, there. how do we do this? I mean, it's it's not easy. And right. So these kids sort of buckle under the pressure. And I've learned that the older I get and the more responsibility I gain, mm -hmm. that the more pressure I feel. And I have to do these things in order not to crack. Right. And, you know, to go, hey, whoa. The problem's been worked like so hard here that I need to let it go down, set it down over here and go do something, you know, and not think about it and go back to it. That sort of strategy thing, you know, just teach yeah. kids how to be a person because that's after all what they're learning to be. Mm -hmm. These deadlines and classes and responsibility. We're teaching how to be people. So right. how do we people do this? And so I kind of, yeah, I install it into the classroom. That's what I loved about Alt Ed. You know, we weren't on a push for curriculum so much as quality curriculum. And right. So, yeah, there's a lot to be learned. It's taking a step back in order to make a giant leap forward. Yeah, it, it's a real good procedure. If you got a problem and you can't get any further with it, set it aside. Mm -hmm. you know, Perfect. That, that's hard to do. Okay. The next one, my turn. How to read a contract. You think, yeah, you know what? Yeah, I, I agree. I just can't see where they put that in, outside of a special class, you know. But 
That's important. You're right. It's getting more and more important. Well, I think I think that it's important for students, and it's also important for parents. Yeah, because definitely. one of the, you know, as a side note, for years I was trying to get an evening program for parents who were non-native speakers to come in and we would have them in maybe two or three different rooms, depending on their skill levels or whatever. And we would teach them um, how to read and look at a contract and start teaching them English on these levels. And I was working with a couple of administrators, how to get them to do the contracts, how to do basic things, and then they could move up. But this way, people were taking advantage of them, but they also were more they they were better prepared to meet their landlords or whomever head on so that they could understand what was going on or at least acknowledge and understand and use the resources that they needed in order to pursue whatever it was. So if they're renting an apartment, if they're renting a car, if they're um, renting a house, if they are going to be whatever they're going to be doing so that they're not taken advantage of. So somebody doesn't sit there and say, ha ha, I'll get them. I used to be um, part of a class we took. Remember personal finance? Oh, that's coming up. I've got that one on my list too. Oh yeah. It was a whole class of that. And that, yeah. And you had to do things like a contract. Right. You had to calculate how much it would cost to have a child. That was fun. Because right. But that's no that's that that's not what I'm talking about right now. So what I'm thinking is if you gave them contracts, if you if you put them in groups and you gave them a contract and you say, how many of you would sign this contract? And if they say that they will sign that contract and every group has a different one. So you might have contract A, B, C or D. And then you know whether or not they actually read and understood that contract, and then you could break it down for them. So there might be a good contract in there, and there might be some real nasty contracts in there that, where they say, yeah, this contract looks good. We signed it. And you say, wow, 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 because you'll be paying for that for years to come. Yeah, I signed that? Oh, yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah. So, Yeah. And so, you know, we don't want them to be blind, blithely and blindly going out into the ether, thinking that everything's going to be on their side so that they are better armed. That's a good point. Kind of beat them up just a touch. Well, Soft. yeah, make them more aware so that That's true, yeah. and, and make them a little more leery and maybe actually read some of the terms and conditions on their Internet. Uh, apps that they have, you know, because those are being changed all the time. So, so, okay. So your next one. My next one is how to travel from one place to another on multi-day, on a multi-day trip. How to drive one, how to fly it. Um, yeah. How to get there by train. How, okay. how to get yourself in an economical way somewhere a far distance away. Okay. So plane, train, and automobile, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. Still, that they don't really know, and so yeah. So how would you? To... So how would you break that down? Oh, um, we talked about planes. So let's say uh, where we're we gonna go. Oh, I want to go to New York City. I want to see a Broadway play. Okay. okay. Let's look up flights in New York City mm -hmm. from Portland. Fortunately, you have an international airport, so you can go almost anywhere here. How much is that? At what time of day? Um, what are the conditions on that flight? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, it's real cheap, but did you notice there's like three stops and it takes you 17 hours to get across the nation? <laughs> it's an adventure. It's a cheap adventure, but it's an adventure. You know, that's and you have to pay $75 for your bag. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's and you have to bring too. your own snack. That's the thing, too. You tell them we have to talk about that. Unless you want to pay gazillions of dollars, just take them. Mm -hmm. Airports, their food deserts on purpose. They're going to sell right. you that high price stuff the way they want to sell it to you. You know, and then the train station. So, who travels by train? You know, do we have a train? Yeah, we do. You know, at least in Portland, we have one. It goes north and south. And yeah. So, how would you? Yeah. So, how would you travel from here to Orlando to get to Disney World? Yeah. Or how about Seattle for a, a football game on the train? You know. That, that's that's the kind of thing too, and then or I, my brother and my sister in law went to Chicago on the train. That's what I oh neat. How long was that? As much as a plane, <laughs> like yeah. Three days. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, did you did you have an econo car? Did you have or did I you didn't. just go? They coach? do it. I didn't go. I, did, I oh. I've never gone any further than Seattle on the train. Oh, did they just stay they, in they, coach or did yeah, they? Yeah, no, they got a kind of compartment. Yeah. I, yeah. I did that once when I went down to San Francisco. Yeah. That's and it was actually, trip. it was, well, San Francisco is an overnight trip. So mm -hmm. there's a bed in there. You got your meals. They, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of like being on a plane at the time because you could get, you could just look at the steward and say, can I have some wine? He'd bring you a small bottle of wine for you to pour in your glass. And, <laughs> look out. You know. Did you have a window in your cabin? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, Train, like, um, you know, how, how do you get there by car? Because they, they have a lot of them have an idea about, I'll just get a car and go somewhere. It's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, well, some of them just do that, you know? Yeah, it doesn't work real well sometimes. It starts <laughs> breaking down, like you were speaking. Yeah, they oh. suck down gas. We just talk about life skill stuff. You know? Oh, yeah, definitely. That's a great one. My next one was personal finance. Yeah. That Which you brought up. Well, I think I think just budgeting and saving and planning and just mm. understanding the value of what you're doing. So what are you getting if you just if you let's say that you get a job at well, let's just make up a store at Cash Mart and you bring home maybe four hundred dollars a week. What are you using? What are you doing with that money? Are you going to put that money towards something or are you going to just keep buying things that you want to buy mm -hmm. yeah. or what are you doing? So um, are you going to invest some of it? I had one student who started working when she was 16. She was working in childcare and she bought the things that she thought that she needed, but she also um, started putting $200 a month towards retirement. Wow. At 16. So you know that she's going to be very well prepared. And when I saw her 
a few years later, she said, oh, yeah, now it's increased. So she's putting even more money in there and she's continuing with that. And um, I am just so impressed with her. And but it was because she took a personal finance class Mm. when she was 16 and she thought that makes a whole lot of sense. (laughs) And so there's money there that she cannot. That's autumn in the background, if anybody wanted to know Um, the diva. Um, But, yeah, just understanding the value of the money that you have, what you can do with it and how it can work for you rather than you working so hard just to get little things. And then when you're faced with a crisis, do you have an emergency fund? How do credit cards work? Oh, yes. You know, how do, Uh, um, you know, in taxes and how do you save up to make sure that you constantly have enough money? Um, All of that. And not even talking about banking, but, and not even talking about investing, you can you can throw that out there. But I think investing might be another class that you look at. But um, as well as, I think banking. Maybe you want to talk about banking. How do you set up a bank account? Where do you set up a bank account? What are the rules around that? And I didn't realize this, but a, our students need to be eighteen in order to open up their own bank account now. 18, really? That's that's my understanding. I mm. didn't I thought that they could open up a bank account when they were younger because I opened my first bank account when I was like eight. Yeah, me too. I was a kid. And and everybody looked at me and they said, Well, your parents co-signed. I said, My parents never co-signed for me on a bank account. That was my bank account. It wasn't had nothing to do with them. They had no access to any of it. So same here. And so I I don't know when things changed or why they changed, Hmm. but maybe it had something to do with a lot of kids kiting checks or something like that and not understanding. And this would help because the kids couldn't, they couldn't really go after the kids for the monies. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. Maybe that's what it was. Something like that. I don't know. But anyway, so, um, but I think personal finance is something um, because they'll learn how to write checks and take care of all of that. Credit cards. What's a good deal on a credit card? Why do you need a credit card? Because credit cards get a lot of people in, in, in a whole lot of trouble. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then you go for these people that want to loan money so that you can wipe out your credit card debt. I have a friend who was constantly remortgaging his house to pay off his credit card debt. Oh, wow. Until he could not do it anymore. And he said, I need to borrow money from somebody. I said, dude, nobody's going to want to loan you any money. You're kind of maxed out all the way. And, And he said, well... I don't know how I get into this thing. And I said, because you give yourself a false sense of security and you just can't stop spending. You got to quit spending on things that you really don't need. So he's doing fine now, but for a while he was, it's almost like a gambling addiction. Yeah, it's almost that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Kids okay. Are to it. So next one for you. What What's the next step after high school? I like to work with the kids on that so um, future planning 
yeah, what happens? And I'm not talking about, I really don't like it when the, the uh, they try to pin kids down to careers at such an early age. I just think, yeah, that's just not, I, I just don't see that working. But what I do see is telling them, okay, here's the deal. Um, here's how college works. Four year versus two years community college and then four years, you know, and then what's graduate school? And then you talk about vocational school. So what's a vocational program look like? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I've done that too. I was a paramedic. So I took classes at community college and I, those applied to the tests I took. And then I, um, you know, I passed them and became a paramedic. That's vocational training. Right. Um, and then, you know, some kids, they just like, they want to work with their hands. So, okay, what's that look like? Where can you get that? Can you get an apprenticeship? Things like that. And just kind of give them an idea of what's after <laughs> high school because the high school seems like a finish line or something. And it's just very much the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Well, the senior slump, I, I, my understanding of senior slump, it happens because it's terrifying because you've been coddled for 12, 13 years. No, that, that wasn't me. So I don't really. Or, or longer. And, you know, and well, you have this system, you have these institutions that have taken care of you. Well, yeah, this whole time, you know what to expect. You yeah. know that that's there. And then all of a sudden, you're graduated and they say, ah, it's kind of like Wiley Coyote walking off the cliff and then realizing, uh oh, there's nothing below me. And then he take, looks down, has that look of shock, and then his body goes and his face, yeah, kind of his neck gets really long and then snaps back to his body and he goes down. But yeah, so. <laughs> having an idea of what it is that they want to do. And rather than spending tons of money on college, um, trying to figure that part out. Yeah. There's a lot of high schoolers that go and major in partying. And by mm -hmm. the semester, they're like back home. I've seen that so many times. Oh, I had friends who did that. They, it's just, the, let's go to the big university. And then they go to the big university. It's like, Oh, no one's in charge of anything. I can just, drink and have fun and do all like and maybe not go to class and then just <laughs> and then their parents go well you screwed that up coming home now and or they just go home yeah it's like and then they end up doing something because they didn't know really what they wanted to do that's what i try to pin the kids down to as well mm -hmm. i ask the kids you know sometimes well i'm going to college i'll say okay what for why are you going to college what's what's the goal what's the objective there you know, instead of this, well, I don't know. It's like, ooh, we need to talk. You know, let's not just go spending money like crazy on all that. But I would say that when you go to college, don't mess around with it. You know, first mm -hmm. time you take that writing 121 class and you get a C, that C's forever. So don't get a C. <laughs> yeah. Be ready. Because, right. As, as one student told me when he was coming in on his freshman year, I said, why do you want to work with me? And he said, because I need to do well in school. And I said, why? And he said, because this is high school, man. High school is real life. <laughs> Good for him. He was and ready, said, man. Yeah. And I said, okay. And then I worked with him. And what I didn't realize, because he was working really hard to get really good grades, what I didn't realize was that if he got anything below a B or a B plus, his dad would beat the living daylights out of him. Ooh. Ooh, I hate so, 
So he he kept that pretty well hidden. He said, well, I kept throwing you hints. And I said, they were really, really awful hints. I said, I wasn't sure what to make of them. And um, that's why I probed and you kind of backed up. But anyway, neither here mm-hmm. nor there. Um, yeah, there's a lot, a lot of pressure in front of these kids. I really feel yeah. Which and then like, when they, my son yeah. took dinner when he got his first B in the eighth grade. I said, "Good, now the, it's off. You know, you got straight A's up until now. You got a B. We're taking after dinner. The pressure's off." <laughs> <laughs> I knew my, so many kids just melted under the pressure of having that four. Oh, see, my parents. It was a competition between my brother and me. Mm. And what? So what it was was whoever got the best, whoever got the highest grades for that quarter got to choose the restaurant and they take us out to dinner. Oh, that's cool. So yeah. Cause yeah. it was more for him than it was. Well, actually it was for me too. Cause I was a huge procrastinator. I just <laughs> didn't, I didn't like doing homework. I really didn't. And my brother really, he didn't really like school at all. And they were trying to get him back in there and they figured they'd bring in the sibling rivalry. And try to get that gone. Um, the one big thing now that we're talking about future planning, I wanted to talk to the kids about loans. Oh uh, well, we talk about that too. What's it take to go to school? Yeah. The, the FAF forms. The FAFSA. FAFSA. Yeah. FAFSA is in there for me. Um, talking about the loans, um, and now that we have the loan forgiveness program going in. Um, it was just published and it didn't make the national media. I was really kind of surprised that if you here in Oregon, if you get that $10,000 loan forgiveness, that's taxable income. Oh yeah. yeah I knew so that. that adds another, I think it, I think, I think I read $1,100 of taxable income. That's, that's, that's what it would cost you. That's how much in taxes it's going to cost you. Oh, geez. And so it's, you know, it's nothing is for free. And uh, when you take out the loan, you got to think about what are the long-term consequences. You can't think, okay, well, it's only going to be this much money. Well, you're going to also have to pay rent. You're also going to have maybe a car payment, or you're going to have to have some kind of a transportation fee whether or not that's a bus pass a train pass where or some commuter kind of fee um parking you're gonna have to pay for parking unless your company is going to pay for the parking there are so many different things that you're going to have to pay for plus you're going to need your entertainment you're going to need food you're going to need to pay for gas water heat whatever um there's so many things that are in there and all that gets rolled up into personal finance but taking out the loans that's a tough one. And so like we talked about with should students go to college, it's getting so much more expensive. And now universities, they figure that they're going to start raising the rates because it's a complete scam. And so if you can afford that, that's fine. Yeah. But, you know, it it's, I think that people need to walk in there with their eyes wide open. But FAFSA, I like the fact that you talked about FAFSA because that is one of the biggies. It is. It's a big one. It's intimidating too. Actually, no. I think most of my students, we gave them an elective credit for finishing it because it's such an integral part of 
cool. getting into their community college, being able to go to their vocational school, um, going to university and just getting that financial aid and starting the ball rolling for them to be able to get work study, for them to be able to get any kind of financial aid, right. for them to get those grants and those scholarships. So um, that is extremely, extremely important. And I think that might be something that starting in October, that that would be something that teachers will want to really push to their kids and have them doing. Um, what about cooking? Oh, I, I was thinking about that. I, there was a class in middle school that they <laughs> offered us called bachelor skills. I remember that. It was rather sexy. But yeah, if you, well, how you take care of yourself and I learned to cook eggs. Well, there but you go. It was a good time. Yeah. At that time they had like food and we would cook food and eat it. Mm-hmm. It was a quarter, a quarter class. And I remember I learned a lot about, uh, I learned not to leave the handle of the, pop, the pan out you know, over the stove top so that a kid could pull it over on them and things like that. Because mm-hmm. I was a kid, I didn't know anything. So they taught us a lot of this. <laughs> Excellent. But no, yeah. I think cooking, because you can't live off of ramen for the rest of your life or just boiling water for oats. Yeah, that's just, or microwaving everything. Well, microwaving everything implies that you're buying it pre-made and pre-packaged, which means that you're going to be, it's not going to be that healthy. And it's also going to be a whole lot more expensive. Oh, yeah. But it's a whole lot more convenient if you don't cook. Yeah. Uh, Unless you don't teach somebody to cook. Yeah, I teach kids. The eggs were fun. I can't remember. It's been a long time. Gosh, I was like maybe, ooh, God, I was maybe 11 or 12. No, no, no. I was 12 or 13. I, well, I remember as a starving college student making spaghetti with ketchup. Mm, yeah. Well, yeah, my that, favorite top ramen, I just put vegetables in it. I was a single dad and my kids were going, oh, man. I go, no, it's good. They go, yeah, it's everything all the time, all the time. <laughs> potato I, I pancakes. Uh, I wasn't we that used to bad. Have, but... We used to have potato pancakes growing up. That was good. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Another one that kids are constantly calling me about is doing their taxes. Uh, that's a personal finance class. We in our class we had to do taxes. Yeah. Ten forty easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but still, there's kids that don't take that, and um, they need to know how to get their taxes done. You're they right. Do. Yeah. What? Okay. What about? Renting, yeah. be it a house, a car, or a skidoo, <laughs> or whatever they, you know, the water, the jet skis. Yeah, jet skis. Skidoo. You know, That's or even skis, day, but just renting. You know, how do you rent things? I mean, what do you need in order to rent something? So. And that gets an entanglement because you have to have a credit card. You have to have your insurance. Yeah. And you cannot use a debit card. Ah. And if you do use a debit card, it's uninsured. So if you use a Visa MasterCard, you know that you're insured. But with a debit card, they will suck all the money out that whatever that property is worth. 
if you wreck it or something else happens. And you also oh. have to have your proof of insurance. Yeah. Sounds like we got that personal finance class to do. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a loaded class, but luckily it's a semester class, so there's a lot to do. But I also had in there buying a car, buying a house. Oh, I don't know about buying a house, but. Oh, you know what? Here's what I've learned lately. Hmm. Um, buying a house, to me, I used to think my poor kids, they'll never be able to buy a house. Well, one of my former students, his, his dad does some work for me. And his dad came up to me and he said, do you want to know what my son is doing so well? And his son did not go to trade school. His son did not go to college. His son went right to work for the same company that the father works for. And it's a landscaping service. And the kid worked his butt off and he rose through management. And he did really, really well. And he and his girlfriend, they have two kids. And the next thing I know, the dad looks at me and says, my son and his girlfriend just bought a house. I said, you're kidding. And they bought a nice house. They're doing really, really well. And um, he, he left the landscaping and now he's working for another corporation. But he's doing very, very well. He's only about 23. Wow. That happened quick. Yeah, it did. And then I'm down at the park, down at the dog park, and I bump into one of my former students. And I said, hey. And she said, hey. I said, what are you doing here? She said, oh, I live right around the corner. I said, what about your brother? Because I taught her brother. And she said, oh, yeah, he's there with his, with his girlfriend. And I said, okay, and your mom and dad? She said, oh, yeah. And then I turned around, and here comes her brother skateboarding down the path. I looked at him, and I said, hey. And he goes, whoa. And so we talked and his girlfriend turned out to be a former student of mine that was in the same class as he was. Huh. And I had also taught her brother. And um, so we had a great chat. Well, I said, so you're living around the corner. And he said, yeah, she and I, meaning his, his girlfriend, we bought it. I said, what do you mean you bought it? He said, well, my parents were trying to buy the house, but something went wrong with their documentation or whatever. And so he, and so he said, so because that fell through, she and I made the offer on the house and we bought it. I said, you have that kind of money to do it? And he said, yeah, we saved our money. And, you know, we put it all together and we were able to do it. Mm, wow. And no, neither one of them went to college. Neither one of them went to trade school. And they both have decent jobs. They just knew how to save money and, and consolidate their resources. So buying a house is not out of the scope of experiences. It really depends on, do they buy it in the greatest neighborhood? No, not necessarily. It's not a bad neighborhood either. Is it like a McMansion? No, but it's big enough for them to have their own space, his sister to have her own space, their parents to have their own space, and they have an, there's another sibling there. They all have their own spaces. It's a big enough house. Yeah. It's on a big enough piece of property, and they're all there, and they're all living, and they're very happy. And, they're, and they are, oh, what's the word? 
they are they're doing very well. So I don't I don't think we should take away buying a house from our students. I think we should have them look forward to that and being able to figure part of that out. Oh, I wouldn't say that they take it away from them. I just wouldn't I'm not sure if it's a big enough skill or if it's a appropriate skill to teach kids in high school just because it's kind of far off, I think. Or I just think it it just they're a little young for that. I mean, maybe the basics of how a house is bought, but. Well, get, yeah, get the yeah. basics in there as far as what they need to do and how it works. Right. And that way, when they start looking at it and then they can just adapt the information to whatever it is, I think. Yeah. And yeah, it may seem a lofty goal, but lofty goals is what gets people doing things. Yes. Very true. Set your expectations high. Mm-hmm. I also have writing a resume. Oh, yeah, that's that always gets done. And yeah, interviewing. Yep. Doing an interview. Resume, writing a good, solid resume and having an interview. And so we always had mock interviews. So before a student could graduate, they have to do an exit packet, which has an exit, inter, has an exit survey. But it also tells, has them writing out a resume. And it's for a job that they could get at that time. So if somebody wanted to be a nurse, they can't go for a nursing job. They can go for a job doing something maybe for in the hospital or, you know, working as a nurse's aide, something like that. And then they can um, put that in there and then they can interview for it and they get to pick their own interviewer and they're scored. And we've had kids fail their interviews three, four times, and but they still have to get it. And they cannot graduate until that is done successfully. Wow. So, and sometimes they have to fix their resume. So it really gives them, it really gives them an impetus to take care of things that they need. So when they leave, they have the skills and they have, tools under their belt. And that's what we really want our students to have, isn't it? Yeah, I was just thinking about that. Because we were able to do that. I, I taught a research paper course. And, mm -hmm. and I was thinking, would I teach that now? And I thought, well, I don't know if I'd be able to in a regular high school curriculum mm -hmm. to teach that much, to take that much time for the research paper. But at the time for alternative ed, we had the freedom. Yes. And I would say, absolutely. It's very worthwhile. And I'm just grateful that we had that. You know, I don't think that can happen anymore. <laughs> I don't think that alternative educators, at least in the place I came from, could say, listen, I'm doing a one quarter seminar on this research paper. Well, it really depends. Curriculum to cover. Right. And I, I think, think that's too much time, they'd say. If it's too much of a focus on a research paper, more needs to be covered. And then I would, and whereas right. I was never questioned before, I think I might be questioned now. Well, that's because maybe the wrong people are in charge of alternative education. Well, that would be my, yeah, that would be what I would indicate to be the problem. Because I felt I was a pretty darn good alternative educator, actually, mm -hmm. a pretty good educator. 
And I'm grateful that I had the ratio, teacher-student ratios, and the time, and the kids, and the support to do what I did. Oh, yeah, you had a fantastic, well, you and I both had a fantastic administrator. We really did. We did. We were very, very lucky. I did not know how lucky we were. Mm -hmm. And then I left, and then um, I no longer had her. And then you changed positions, and then you ended up with, I'll just say a wolf in sheep's clothing, even though the sheep's clothing was really poorly manufactured. And you ended up with a new a couple of new administrators who really had no idea what they were doing. Yeah, so true. Yeah. which and so this amount of support was lacking from everything that people have told me. So well, and that's that, what eventually that, went to become come to be is that the support just disappeared. Yeah. So but anyway, did you have anything more on your list? <laughs> Not offhand, but oh, yeah, okay. going. let's have another cup of coffee and I can probably have two or three more <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Well, I'm sure we could fill a, yeah, I mean, a, a jar with different things that we would want in there. That's what I'm saying about it. We had, When we were in alternative ed, we had the freedom, the support to do that stuff. To go, hey, mm-hmm. I like in my case, I want to do a research paper course about just one quarter, all seniors research. And they said, go for it. You know, but right. yeah, you do that. And well, you, research you know, writing is an important um, skill. Oh, yeah. They did really good papers. I mean, such good papers. I would love to know how they'd stand up and write in 121 at college. Mm-hmm. Because I had them doing it just like I was taught it. It wasn't quite the same standard. I didn't beat them up quite as bad as my college prof <laughs> beat me up. <laughs> But it was hard stuff, and they, they felt like they ran a gauntlet when they were through it, and that was the point. You earned your diploma, kid. You know, you yeah. really did. You did college-level work. I used to tell them that you're doing college-level work. Look at me in the eyes. You can do it. I've given you the tools. You can write anything now. <laughs> your BSA way through an entire curriculum. <laughs> <laughs> but they got to do that for them. They got to know this. Hopefully, I was trying to teach them, I think, logically, too, for girls. It's just been lacking in certain places lately. That don't make no sense when some people are like, what? Well, I think we're going to wrap up for today. And so we will be back next week with more energy and another topic that will carry us through. Another one. Another one. So, Philip, thank you for showing up. Thank you, Tony. And it's, it's been great. This is this has been fun this week. Thank Tomorrow's you. the first anniversary. First time. Is it really? Good. Oh wow! Well, happy anniversary, honey. Ooh, happy anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, with that, thank you all for listening. And we will see you again next week. And remember to hit that subscribe button and leave us a comment. Give us a review. And until next week, adios. Aloha.